Welcome, everybody, to Bible Prophecy Radio. This is Albert Hardy, your host. I want to talk to you today about something that the church has missed completely. We think and we hear from the pulpit, we're going to heaven when we die. But is that what Jesus said or taught anywhere? No, it isn't. He spoke of the kingdom of God, and so should we. I want to start in Daniel 2 and verse 31. You, O king, saw, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before you, and the aspect thereof was awesome. The image's head was of fine gold. And his breast and arms were of silver, his belly and thighs of brass, his legs of iron, and his feet part of iron and part of clay. You saw, or watched, until a stone was cut without hands and smote the image upon his feet that were made of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold, broken to pieces together and became like the chaff on a summer threshing floor, and the wind blew them away, and no place was found for them anywhere. I added the anywhere. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Wow, this is the interpretation, verse 36. Verse 36 says, This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof to the king. You, O king, are a king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you authority and a kingdom and power and strength and glory. And wheresoever the children... Excuse me. The children of men dwell, the uh, beasts of the field, and the fowls of the heaven has he given into your hand, and has made you ruler over all of them. You are this head of gold, and after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to you, and another a third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth." This isn't talking about kingdoms in heaven someplace or in the clouds. This is on earth. says so right there. Verse 39. And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, for as much as iron breaks in pieces and subdues all things, and as iron that breaks all these, shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas you saw the feet of and toes partly a potter's clay and iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it the strength of the iron, for as much as you saw the iron mixed with miry clay. The toes thereof were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. Wow. And whereas you saw the iron mixed with miry clay, 
the they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to the other. Even as iron is not mixed, doesn't mingle with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. Now, is this in heaven? Is this in the clouds? No. A kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom, the sovereignty, shall not be left to anybody else or another people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. What kingdoms? The kingdoms of the earth. This will be a world-ruling kingdom. And it shall stand forever. Wow. Verse 45, For as much as you saw that the stone was cut out uh, of the mountain without hands. Now that would be Jesus. And it broke in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God has made known to you, the king, what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain, certain, <coughs> excuse me, and the interpretation thereof is sure. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face and worshipped Daniel and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odors or incense to him. And the king answered Daniel, Of a truth, your God is a God of gods and a Lord of lords and a revealer of secrets. Aha! Uh-huh. Seeing that you could reveal this secret. Wow. And the king gave Daniel gifts. And you can read the rest of this in chapter 2 of Daniel. But let's check out a couple other passages. Isaiah 61, for example. I'm just going to flip over there. Isaiah 61, I find very interesting. And then we'll go to another one in Micah. Isaiah 61, starting in verse 1. Well, I want to I want to catch up a little bit with chapter 60, starting in verse um, 20. Your sun shall no more go down, neither shall your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord shall be your everlasting light, and the days of your mourning or crying are ended. Now that's good news. Your people shall all be righteous. Cool. They're not going to want to hurt one another or kill them or steal from them or any of the other of God's Ten Commandments. They're still in force. They're still valuable. They're still important. It's the basis of law and order. Your people shall all be righteous, and they shall inherit the land forever. The branch of my planting, that would be Jesus, the branch, the work of my hands that I may be glorified. Now, we could be branches, too, under him. A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. You see, it's just not happened yet. That's all.
It's coming. It's as sure as the rising of tomorrow's sun. Or chapter 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And this is what Jesus himself quoted um, in Luke 4 and uh, Matthew 5 and other places. But he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news, good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to heal up the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and that's capital O-R-L-O-R-D, which means Elohim, God and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them a crown or a garland for ashes, in other words, beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning and crying, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified, and they shall build up the old waste places. Doesn't that sound great? Rebuild. And they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and vine dressers. But you shall be named priests of the Lord. Where have we seen that before? Oh, Revelation 1, 6, 5, 10. Um, Isaiah 60, verses 5 and 11. 66, 21. And 56, 6, for example. You shall be called ministers of our God. Wow. And you shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and their glory shall you boast in. Verse 7, for your shame shall be double, and your confu- uh, and for your confusion, I wonder if I read that right, for your shame you shall have double, in other words, not double shame, but double joy, um, and they shall rejoice in their portion, therefore in their land they shall possess the double everlasting joy shall be upon them. Wow. For I, the Lord, love judgment and mercy. In other words, I hate robbery for burnt offering with iniquity, and I will give them their just recompense in truth. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them, and their seed shall be known among the Gentiles, and their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them, and they that are the seed which the Lord has blessed. And I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My life shall be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation, He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and likewise the bride adorns herself with her jewels. He's making up his jewels. That's you and me. That's too cool. 
Verse 11, For as the earth brings forth her buds, and as the garden causes things that are sown to spring forth in it, so the Lord God causes righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. Unquote. Now let's go to Micah um, chapter 4. But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain, that mountain, that stone we saw cut without hands in Daniel, shall be established in the top of the mountains. Now, the mountain is the government's, a, a government. And it shall be called, or exalted above the hills, and all people shall flow unto it. Many nations shall come and say, Come, let's go up to the mountain of the Lord, and to the house of God, of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the law shall go forth from Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among many people, and rebuke strong nations afar off. He's not talking about people in heaven. This is nations afar off. This is on the earth. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up a sword against nation, and neither shall they learn war any more. Wow, cool. The end of war, the end of military, or the necessity of it. But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig, his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken this. Verse 5. For all people will walk, every one, in the name of his God. And we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. In that day, says the Lord, I will assemble her that can't walk. I will gather her that is driven out and her that I have afflicted. And I will make her that can't walk a remnant. Very few people like that anymore. And her that was far, uh, cast far off into a strong nation, and the Lord shall reign over them in Mount Zion from that point on forever and ever. And uh, let's stop right there and go down to... Uh, well, let's just continue. And you, O tower of the flock, stronghold of the daughter of Zion, unto you it shall come, even the first dominion. You'll be number one, in other words. The kingdom shall come to the daughter of Jerusalem. Why do you cry out aloud that we have no king there? Is the counselor perished? No, for pains have taken you as a woman in travail. In verse 11, Now also many nations are gathered against you and say, Let's go up and, and defile her and let our eye look on Zion instead. We'll occupy the space. But they know not the thoughts of the Lord. Does that sound familiar? 
It does to me. Sounds like the Islamic peoples that live around her are trying to get in and destroy her and take over what they can there. That's what they do. Neither understand they his counsel. They don't know the Lord. They know Allah, a pretend God. For he shall gather them as sheaves to the floor. Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion, and I will make your horn iron, and I will make your hoofs of brass, and you shall beat in many pieces or in pieces many people, and I will consecrate their gain unto the Lord, and their substance unto the Lord of the whole earth. Wow. Let's go to Revelation 12 for a moment. Verse 9, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and a king, the kingdom of our God. See, he's coming here to the earth. And the power, the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren, that would be the great dragon Satan, the devil, is cast down, which accused them before God night and day. We just saw that in uh, Daniel 7, verse 27. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and them that dwell therein. Who are, I'm sorry, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows he has but a short time. Then in chapter 19 and verse 7, listen to this. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, that would be to Jesus, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, and white and pure. For the linen is the righteousness of the saints. That's you and me. And he said unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. In chapter 21 and verse 4, we read, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Now that's good news. That's serious good news right there. He said, or he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. We can trust God, my friends. He said, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. That's one of the greatest promises in the whole Bible. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to pay for it. All you have to do is trust him. And he is trustworthy, and he is coming back. He that overcomes shall inherit all things, 
Moffat says that all things word means the universe. And I will be his God, and he will be my son. So here's what I conclude in all of this. That there will be a time when Jesus reigns on the earth, and all nations shall serve and obey him. In verse 5 of chapter 22, he says, And there shall be no night there, and there they will have no need of a lamp or candle, neither the light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Let's all remember in verse 16 he says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And you can read the rest of the chapter. But the Bible is full of good news about a coming kingdom. It's not like we're going to heaven to evaporate up into the clouds and have nothing to do. No, we have a job to do. We have a job to do here on earth, to take care of people and to love them and to teach them and to heal them. We'll be doing all of those things and a lot more. And not only that, we'll be able to give to them all the things that they need for eternal life, including instruction and teaching from the Word of God. And then we'll be able to go out to the universe, the planets that are out there, and establish life. What would you say? Hang on a second. In chapter 51 of Isaiah, and many of you have probably heard me quote this, verse 16, I have put my words in your mouth, and I've covered you in the shadow of my hand. Why? That I might plant the heavens. <laughs> plant the heavens? What do you do to a garden? You plant seeds in it, and they grow into mature plants. And that's exactly what we're going to do to the heavens. We're going to make them come to life. And that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations in the earth and say to Zion, you are my people. And then in chapter 40, this is so cool. Chapter 40 in verse 22 um, says, verse 22, he it is that sits on the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers. He stretched out the heavens as a curtain and spread them out as a tent to dwell in. What? Yeah, a tent to dwell in. Well, that's what the heavens are for. He's built them to last forever. And he's going to bring them to life through his children. That would be you and me under the auspices of none other than the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Until next time, this is Albert Hardy, but you can go to my website. There's nothing to sell. I have nothing to buy. <laughs> you can't buy anything there. I have nothing to sell. I've got eight books there. There's lots of videos that are linked to YouTube that build faith. That's what I'm all about. 
You can download those books of mine, and you can print them. They're free. They're there for you. There's an audio book about the life and times of Jesus. I suggest you go to itellwhy.com. That's the letter I, the word tell, T-E-L-L, and the word why, W-H-Y, itellwhy.com. And you can email me at jesusiswhy at gmail.com. Until next time, have a great day, and thanks for tuning in to Bible Prophecy Radio.